California, here we come, right back where we started from. Woo! Welcome! Welcome! Welcome to episode five of Oh, See You Later. Oh, See You Later! Yes, yes, episode five. We're talking about season one, episode five. Episode five. Episode five called The Outsider. The Outsider. Which which brings us the wonderful gift that is a young Paul Wesley. God damn, yes! Stefan from Vampire Diaries, if you do not know his name offhand. Uh, yeah, that, that was, oh, that was a great surprise. That, turning that, yeah, coming back to this and seeing him is just like, oh, hey there. Oh, hi there. Hi there. He, very pretty. He looks the same, though. He has like, aged amazingly. Just incredible. Like, hands down. Like, I was just saying, I was like, god damn. Like, that's why they cast him to play a 17-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> He does, yeah, and, and you totally understand why he, yeah, why he happened. Did you know that after this, he had two episodes on Eight Simple Rules, which I love. Did you watch Eight Simple Rules? I did. I watched, okay, I watched it when it was Eight Simple Rules for dating my, my teenage, teenage daughter. daughter, and then when John Ritter died, I watched a couple episodes after that, but it just bummed me out, because I just missed John Ritter a lot. I know, it was a bummer. Well, and then I watched... Yeah, because we... I still watched it. My family watched it. Yeah. Well, James Gardner was immediate, and then David Spade came in at some point, too. So I watched it again for a while, and David Spade Yeah, because it was fun, yeah. Yeah, because I I enjoy the work of David Spade. (laughs) So do I. And it had a young, um... (laughs) So speaking... Did you watch... Have you ever seen uh, Dickie Roberts' Child Star? Yes, I did. <laughs> yes! For some I reason, finally I finally met someone else. For some reason, and this might be why my mother secretly hates me, I think we went and saw it in theaters. Oh, we hands down <laughs> saw it in theaters. Hands down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nuck and futz. I used to say that all the time. But yeah, uh, <laughs> that was a young Kaylee Cuoco on Able It Simple was, Rose. yeah. Kaylee, Kaylee Cuoco. That's how uh, she started. Yeah, but of and course, then, the real the real hottie of the show is obviously Katie Seagal. <laughs> oh, yeah, Seagal. yeah, yeah, Katie Seagal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, because, like, my, my mom, like, loves Katie Seagal, like, because I mean, As everyone should. Everyone yeah. should love Katie Seagal. Well, that's how we started watching Sons of Anarchy, because, like, my mom yeah. saw Charlie Hunnam's, Hunnam's face and was like, holy shit. Yes. But then she also saw Katie Seagal in the, in the, the, that she was doing it, and she was like, well, clearly I have to watch it. But, but we got sidetracked in the Eight Simple Rules. That's not the credit. So he did Eight Simple Rules, right? Two episodes of that. And then he was on Everwood. Um. I don't know what Everwood is. You never watched Everwood? No. Oh, man. It, I didn't watch it. I think it started on, like, the CW or... WB, I don't remember what it was at this time. And then it got picked up by, like, whatever ABC Family was called at the time. But it had um, Gregory Smith, who I love. I don't know who that name He's so cute, but he's on um, he's on Rookie Blue. You also I don't watch don't that. Watch that. I, guys, I watch a shit ton of television, what, what and it's not all quality. Yeah, I um, mean, you, you've heard the things that we watch. <laughs> but it had a, a young Emily Van Camp in it and Treat Williams, and it was, like, this weird... It's a really weird, like, show. It's just a really weird show. It was, was that super the one drama. Darren Chris was in. 
No, no, no. He was in... Um, it was oh. another wood, wasn't it? Yeah. No, it was Eastwick or something. Or East, it, oh, it started with an E. It yeah, yeah, yeah. E. Okay. That's why I thought you were talking <gasps> about it first. Do you know what else Paul Wesley was on? What? American Dreams. You want... I did not watch that show. Are you kidding me? I My aunt and I loved that show. It's amazing. And now, it, Hayden Panettiere was on that, wasn't she? Uh, it was Brittany Snow. Oh, Brittany Snow. I yep. think they're the same person. Brittany Snow is not as wide-shouldered. <laughs> also taller. Yeah, that's not hard. <laughs> the, do not hate on Hayden Panettiere. Oh, I love Hayden Panettiere. I know, I'm just saying. We, we have an uncomfortable love of Hayden and respect for Hayden Panettiere. If anyone can climb the tree she does and procreate with it, she just yeah, deserves more, kudos. She deserves a goddamn medal. All right, so we should probably start talking about the show. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway uh, let's... Anyway, so uh, I love this episode. Probably because Ryan is adorable. He makes a friend from his neck of... Well, he gets a job because he doesn't like that... Seth and the Coens are like paying for everything. He feels super guilty about it. Mm-hmm. So he gets a job. He meets Paul Wesley, who is also from like a bad. Well, he's, yeah, he's from Corona. Right. So, which like, is like nearby Chino. And so they bond. But basically, Ryan starts asking out Marissa in this episode. And it's so interesting because Marissa, as a character on her own, I am not a fan of, but I think she and Ryan together are adorable and I yeah. can't handle it. Yeah. Because their date at the end of the episode where, like, he makes grilled cheese and then they end up, like, pushing each other in the pool. Like, yeah, that is it's so precious. It's really, yeah, it's really cute. They're adorable. Um, yeah, I like them a lot. And what I also like. Oh, so, and then, uh, Kirsten and Julie. Oh, that's right. There's a, there's a B plot in this and episode. And we get an answer about which one moved in first. Yeah, what well, we were talking, so, I, if you've listened to the show, if you listened to, um, the first episode, I think, first or second first episode. Or second, I don't know. One of the fucking ones. We find it highly, highly concerning that these ex-lovers live next to each other. Yeah. And we brought up the question, like, who moved in second because that person needs help. That person yes, needs yeah, to that, speak that to person is a licensed professional. And Jimmy, Jimmy and Julie moved in second. Yeah, which so. is why Julie probably has a stick up her ass 24/7. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like that's got to be hard to like know that your husband is like straight up in love with someone else. Even though I don't think Julie, well, I don't think Julie's capable of love. Um, <laughs> well, and, and but, we learned in this episode, too, that they uh, they had a shotgun wedding, that Julie got pregnant, and... Well, yeah, we learned it, I, I think it was confirmed, because they, like, alluded to, like, a couple times... Right, right, about okay, so yeah. ...that it was, like, oh, that uh, got married. I'm sorry, I have one moment. Sorry, guys. The cat has decided God damn that. Cat. Just every time we start recording, the cat's like, "I'm gonna be as loud as humanly possible." Okay. Uh. Anyway, but yeah. So it was confirmed. It yeah, it was a shotgun wedding, and so like Jimmy is doing the honorable thing. But like Jimmy, I think Jimmy loves Julie. Jimmy is madly in love with Kirsten and recognizes that he cannot have her because Kirsten and Sandy have an amazing marriage. 
Right. Um, but, like, I think he really does love Julie. I do, too. I think, I think he pines after Kirsten just because he thinks... That's what his life should be like. Like, I think yeah. that that's what it is. Like, he think he's like, you know, oh, like, she's the one who got away. Yeah, I think so, too. But I definitely would... Right. But, yeah, no. And, and so... But I do agree with you. I think he does have genuine feelings for Julia. I, I don't think they would have stayed married this long. I don't think divorce is, like, super taboo in this era. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's definitely... We're getting to the point that, like, everyone's been divorced by yeah. now. So, like, yeah, they... Like, I don't think they would have necessarily, like, put up with each other. Like, he was doing yeah. the honorable thing. But I think he really, you know, he does love her. And that's part of why he stole a bunch of money. Uh, to give her everything she yeah, wanted. To, just to give her the world. Um, but, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think, I think, I don't know if Julie necessarily loves him. Or if she's just like, oh, I'm marrying well. Because that was sort of her goal. Her yeah. goal was to marry well yeah i i agree um but yeah so we we learned that bit of information and and seth has to deal with the fact that um seth is very like thrown off kilter when ryan gets a job he feels like he's being like yeah he's being abandoned yeah exactly like their relationship was so so fast so immediate and like such a strong connection that you know Seth is immediately just like, okay, you're my brother now, and we spend all the time together. And Ryan's like, no, I, I have to get a job, and, and I like this girl, and... Yeah, and I have... I'm gonna see if I can be with this other friend. Yeah, and so poor Seth ends up trying to hang out with, like, Paul Wesley's character without Ryan there, because Ryan's trying to, like, go out with, uh, Marissa, and, like, of course Seth can't handle no. the parties, and so no, Ryan... No, no, no. So he keeps ruining Ryan's dates with Marissa. And I, I love the scene where Seth goes to Marissa and is like, listen, it wasn't his fault. Like, you should definitely give him a second chance. Yeah, yeah. Like, he hates me for this. <laughs> and she's like, oh, this is like really nice of you. And he's like, well, he's kind of mad at me right now. <laughs> yeah, he's super mad. <laughs> um, yeah. And then, oh God, there was some, what do you want to talk about? There's something that happened in the episode that... We both were like, we have to, we can't talk to each other. <laughs> I know, we forgot about and it. And I can't remember. Like, it was, we, this is the problem. Like, this is, I mean, it's been highlighted that, like, I do not do any research whatsoever, and Jameson will do it. Um, and so I were just, all of these weird facts are off the top of my head. So I can remember that shit, but I can't remember what I said ten minutes ago. And I think that's a real problem, and... Just the OC's taking over my life. The OC's taking over your life. No, but, I mean, so Paul Wesley pulls a gun in this episode. That's the height Oh, of... yes. No, okay. So, that actually oh. is related to it. Yes, thank you. So, he has a gun, but he's carrying it just, like, in his pants, like, right next to his dick. Yeah, he, he keeps it in his um, waistband. Yeah, which is, like... Okay, I don't get that. I don't get why he, you would want a gun pointed at your dick. Like, that, there are too many things that can happen. <laughs> it's It's gotta be, like, right up against it. I feel like there would it's be chafing. Right up. Yeah, like, a weird chafing, like, strange marks. Because, because Do you know also, what it reminds me of? What? <laughs> 
It reminds me in the fourth Harry Potter book, no, fifth Harry Potter book, where they come to rescue Harry in, like, the first chapter, and he sticks his wand in his best back pocket, and Mad-Eye Moody is like, don't keep your wand in your back pocket. Better wizards than you have lost a buttock. <laughs> yes! Yes! No, that totally, that is it. And, yeah, it just is such a weird place to keep a gun. It's like, get, like, a holster or something. You know, if you're gonna... An ankle strap. Yeah, just like anything, so you don't blow your dick off, because he does accidentally shoot Luke, so clearly he cannot handle a firearm. Yeah, I mean, he shoots the, the, there's an altercation, I feel like, why? Well, there's an altercation, but still, like, it's enough of a thing that, you know, he, uh, could have shot his dick off. He could have. Uh, yes, you are... You are 100% correct right there. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Like, that's, like, just a weird heightening. Like, we're going to shoot Luke in the arm. Like, okay. Right. And then, and then there's got to be, like, a good guy Ryan meme that happens. Because, oh, absolutely. <laughs> because Ryan, instead of, like, Ryan's there because Seth calls him. And, of course, whatever, like, he's immediately to Seth's rescue. And then he is the one who ends up trying to, like, getting the gun away from Paul Wesley and Luke gets accidentally shot in the in the process. Uh, and then they're all at the hospital, and Ryan calls Marissa because he's like, you're probably going to want to be here. And, yeah. like, totally sets it up for them to, like, get back together. Oh, yeah, no, totally, yeah, good guy, Ryan. And I think that is also when, like, the relationship with Luke starts to turn around. Yeah. Is, you know, because of that, because, like, Ryan did not want him to get shot. Yeah. Which is a pretty cool thing. You ready for a fun fact? I am. So, throughout the episode, uh, Paul Wesley's character keeps calling Luke uh, Abercrombie and Fitch. It's an inside joke because before this, uh, Luke's Chris Carmack, who's on Nashville now, his biggest credit before the OC, he was an Abercrombie and Fitch model. Of course he was. Like... (laughs) were gotten. They were either Abercrombie and Fitch models, or they work in the store spraying perfume. Yeah. Like... Hollister, maybe. Some some Hollister, too. Yeah, For yeah. the really big scenes. Yeah, the big scenes. Got the Hollister ones. <laughs> it's... Uh, you know, I heard, like, a weird, like, urban legend rumor sort of thing that, like, in the in the ventilation system in Abercrombie and Fitch, they, like, push that perfume out. Oh, gross. <laughs> gross. I believe it. That's I terrible. Too. It's so bad. And it's, like, to the point that I'm pretty, like, I uh, I worked in a mall from Abercrombie and Fitch for, like, the first time in, like, five years. And I went past it. And I smelled it. And I, like, oh, like, it brought me back. I was 16 again. And... I Looking never, for a polo. I never, I think I had been in Abercrombie, I've only been in Abercrombie and Fitch once. Like, I, it was made very clear to me that I was always too big for their clothes. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I was able, I had, like, some stuff. The biggest issue was that it was, like, at a way higher price point than, like, Hollister was even. Yeah. So it was just so fucking expensive that my, my parents weren't going to pay that kind of money. Yeah, no, I, I always knew I was too big for, like, even then, and I am, I don't think I'm a big girl, but I was always, like, when I think of Abercrombie and Fitch, I think of size zero jeans. Like, that's just size zero jeans and size zero polos. And then, um, 
Hollister, I had like one or two things, and that was like my aunt got them for me for like my birthday or something. But Hollister, I hated shopping in there because it's too dark. It's so goddamn dark. Yeah, you can't no. see anything. I mean, absolutely. Like it. I like. I I shopped. I shopped at Hollister for a while. It was very popular in Washington. I feel like it was less popular in Florida. Abercrombie yeah. and Fitch was a lot bigger in Florida. Yeah, by the time I was getting into that kind of clothing, I was trying to fit in with, like, the skateboarders and the surfers. So I was at PacSun. Yeah. Which was ill, ill-fated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, well, yeah, PacSun was, like, a younger thing for me. But, yeah, but yeah, I wore a lot of Hollister in, like, middle school. Yeah, I don't, high school, I just, I feel like it was a lot of JCPenney. I feel like my mom wasn't spending a lot of money and I was just throwing on like jeans or sweats and like a topical tee. Once I got to high school, I, there, if I'm going to be completely honest, it was a lot of hot topic. Yeah. Just a lot of hot topic. Um, Starting at the point, I started like at the end of middle school, you know, when like, it was still, it still had its edge where it's like there were kids I knew who weren't allowed to be in Hot Topic. Yeah. I started and then I, I went up and I just did that for way too long. Yeah. I didn't go into Hot Topic until, oh God, we have gotten hella off topic. This is so, <laughs> like, I know all of a sudden I was like, oh God. But anyway, so yeah, Abercrombie and Fitch. That's Everyone on the show looks see. like they could be Abercrombie and Fitch models. That's correct. Oh, Yeah. No, they they definitely do, and and then there's this weird. So Julie and and Kirsten go on this retreat with all the other like newsies, and I don't know if that's what they're called. But that's what I'm calling them. And uh, at this every point, every time you call them that, I, I like Jeremy Jordan songs yeah. start playing in my head. Like it's I just fine. like the soundtrack from the Broadway musical. Plays. I like to imagine all of these women with like jaunty new John, caps. Jaunty caps. They yeah. Do some choreography. Exactly. So they're all in this retreat, and they're all trying to like convince Julie Cooper to like divorce, um, Joshua, yeah. and so and then Kirsten sticks up for him, and I'm like, <sighs> I get why she's doing it. Kirsten is a good person. But at the same thing, I'm just, I'm so worried. I'm so worried. I want to just trust her love for Sandy because it's there, but I'm so worried. Yeah, because, like, that's, it's weird how she uh, defends Jimmy. Yeah. And is all, like, specifically telling Julie that, like, he, she can't leave him. And it's like, he stole four million dollars from people. Like, he's fucked up. Like, that's a completely divorceable offense. Right, yeah, it's just totally, like, yeah, I, I don't know, it just, it felt really weird to me, and I, I'm never on Julie Cooper's side, but I just, I'm like, Kirsten, I love you, I just want you to, like, mm, I just want Jimmy to go to jail, like, that's pretty much, yeah. I just want him to be off the show, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done with Jimmy. Yeah, no, and, cause, yeah, it definitely is, like, it's sort of weird, I think it's weird, like, Julie always tries to pit her, to pit herself against Kirsten. Yeah. Which I find strange, too, and it's, like, because, and it's sort of, like, that comes to a head in this episode, when they're in the limo, and Julie's talking about how, like, she, she's basically jealous of Kirsten. Yeah. Because, like, Jimmy will never care for her as much, and I think maybe that's why I feel 
like Julie doesn't love Jimmy because she doesn't anymore because she sort of lived with this for so long and it's been so difficult that it was just easier to fall out of love with him well and it's it's interesting because I feel like Julie also it's her beef with Kirsten and kind of like they talk about it that limo too is not so much that Kir- I I would argue it's not even so much that Jimmy loves Kirsten it's the fact that Kirsten has the life that Julie yeah. wants. And, yeah, and I think that, yeah, at large, it's that Kirsten has everything that Julie's ever wanted. But I think that part of it is also, like, Jimmy's, like, undeniable love. Like, that is, a, that is a, like, another facet of it that yeah. is something that Kirsten has that Julie just right. doesn't. And so that's where part of the problem is. So I, I think I can see from Julie's perspective, it feels like Kirsten has everything. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Because especially like looking at, you know, and with like looking at like her relationship with Sandy. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there, you know, he, cause like Sandy obviously clearly is a better man. Yeah. Jimmy. Uh, but yeah, but just like how just and everything, like all of the differences and how devoted he is to her and everything like that. And that's just something that is not really there with Jimmy because Jimmy has feelings for others as well. Yeah. So that's my whole thing. Yeah. I just feel like I'm nervous. Yeah. It is like, it is weird how often they sort of end up together. I do like that Sandy has taken a liking to Jimmy now that the rest of the town hates him. Yeah. And that's just like, <laughs> I have a new puppy. Yeah, and, and they do do some, like, hardcore broing out throughout this uh, this episode because, but then, I, I feel like, I feel like Sandy was totally willing to, like, be on Jimmy's side, but then when Jimmy was like, oh, well, I, I can't pay it back. Yeah, like, and that's where, that's where Sandy got, like, super frustrated. Yeah. Which, like, Jimmy should just, <sighs> Jimmy just needs to, like, he needs to do it. Like, I understand, like, he knows that he's going to lose, you know, Julie and the girls, basically. Yeah. But it's like, you know, he sort of, he had, he fucked up. He did. Like he, real bad. He fucked up really, really bad, and they just passed the point of no return, and he has to, you know, he has to deal with the consequences. Yeah, I definitely think so. And so that's, I'm interested to see what Julie, you know, Jimmy kind of gives her, makes it her option. Because he does, I, you know, care about her, and he's like, listen, oh, yeah, we no, can either... Still, I think Jimmy definitely still does love Julie, and that's yeah. something that's apparent. I just don't think that Julie loves Jimmy anymore. I, and I agree. And I think... So he gives her the option. He's like, listen, you know, it's totally up to you. We can either liquidate everything and start over, you know, with nothing as a family, or um, we can just declare bankruptcy and I can go to jail. Mm-hmm. And so I'm interested to see what she picks. Yeah. If I was writing the show, I would have her pick to send him to jail. Yeah. <laughs> and then we don't have any more Jimmy Cooper. Mm-hmm. But it's not my decision. And it's also been it's off the air for a decade. It's years after. <laughs> so. So, we you know, we're not really in much of a place to, <laughs> to hope it's going to go a certain way. You're right. Writing. It has been done. It's been shot. It's all over. It's all over. All right. So I think that kind of, was there anything else that? Um, 
No, I think, well, this is the first episode that we don't have anything of Seth pining over Summer, which is interesting. That's true. Yeah, like that, that's sort of uh, been laid to rest a little now. Yeah. Which is Tides nice. turning. Yeah. yeah. Seth has other things to worry about in this episode than Summer. Yeah. Wait, you know, which is always, not, it's. I love Seth and Summer more than anything. Like, do not get me wrong. Like, I am completely 110% here for them. But, you, you know, it's nice to have a little, uh, a little something else. Yeah. And, uh, maybe him starting to realize she's her own person. I'm, I'm excited. All right. I'm, uh, definitely excited, too. So I think, yeah, it's a little wrap-up time. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I am at Lala Caitlin. And I'm at Jameson Hudson. Uh, We'll see you later. Oh, see you later!